Hello, everybody. Thanks for finding your way to localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm Tim Muma, and this is I Want to Be A, where each episode we finish that sentence with a new profession or industry, bringing you an experienced professional to give us the inside scoop. For this episode, I want to be a massage therapist. And to fill us in on the details of this profession, we have Nancy Parambo, president of the American Massage Therapy Association. Nancy, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Obviously, the first question I think everybody asks or thinks about with anyone's job is, what was it really that drew you into this industry? Well, it happened by accident, really. I was on vacation in Hawaii, (laughs) and I had my first massage. Nice. I remember feeling incredibly relaxed. You know, I thought, what a great feeling. I was working in industry at the time, and I just knew I needed to relax a lot more than I was. Well, you know, it, it's funny. We hear that a lot, how it, you kind of, people kind of fall into it or they, they learn to love something like that. Now, how did you get into the field exactly? Because obviously there's, a, to me, a long way from getting a massage and really enjoying it to becoming, uh, you know, going on that side of the table, so to speak. Okay. Well, when I came back from Hawaii, I was looking to find a massage therapist in my area to see if I can, you know, basically stay relaxed. And uh, there weren't many back then when I began looking for a therapist. That was 24 years ago. (laughs) So when I finally found one, I made an appointment and I went a couple of times. And this therapist just happened to teach massage therapy and also taught advanced techniques and seminars across the country. So I was, needless to say, I was intrigued by the concept of uh, the type of therapy they did. And I began taking seminars. I mean, obviously, the idea of taking these seminars and, and getting into this field What was sort of the response from maybe any of your friends or family that this was a shift you were looking to make? Well, it was it was really uh, I can say shocking for most of them because (laughs) I can imagine I was coming from a a job as a project manager in industry and I was making a total career change and it just seemed like uh, the right thing to do and obviously it was a slow process it was a part time process as I was kind of taking my courses and learning. But um, as I got into it, I mean, it just is amazing. Uh, I became so impressed with the, the work that uh, I became teaching assistant, and I just couldn't get enough of the information. Right. Well, let's get into it a little bit as far as, uh, you know, maybe the day-to-day or what this profession might look like to give our listeners an idea, because um, I'm sure everybody has their own thoughts of, of what it entails. What would a typical day look like? Is there a certain standard that occurs? I mean, are there differences? Let's just talk a little bit about what someone might experience should they get into the profession. For me, I, I work full-time. This is a full-time career for myself, and uh, I created that in the very beginning. I knew that I loved it, and uh, I just I wanted to just do as much as I could. So my days begin around 8.30, and they end around 7.30 p.m. That, that's roughly wow. three days a week. Yeah, it's a lot of hours. And uh, my Fridays usually go till maybe 4. I like to kind of cut the, you know, start the weekend a little early. Sure. Uh, I take an hour and a half for lunch, and I take an hour for my dinner, and I see clients every hour, treatments sessions are typically 50 minutes. And I see on the average, uh, it could be six, seven, maybe eight people a day. Now, they could mm-hmm. be half hour sessions. And, you know, sometimes somebody may come in and just say, I've got knee pain today. Or someone may come in and just say they want a full body massage or, or they basically are having trouble with their neck and back. Okay. So, you know, treatments can vary. Now, as you said, obviously, the treatments can, can vary uh, widely with that. For yourself or anyone, I guess, for that matter, is it common to have your own practice? Are you getting hired by individuals? Um, is there a private public sector factor to that? Can you fill us in a little bit on maybe some of those details? A private sector, I can tell you that having a private practice is, is incredibly rewarding. Hmm. You know, most of your clients are regulars. They have a history with the practice. Therapists may get to know the person very well and know exactly what type of treatment that they might need. 
And uh, many times the client will refer their whole family and uh, friends. So basically there's a network of clients that, that will result. With respect to working in a spa, things like that, Right. if you're interested in working in a salon, there's a lot more interaction on day-to-day with people. And uh, you could be working in a salon that, that maybe does hair and uh, they do nails and things like that. Or you can be working for a chiropractor and you've got clients coming in maybe more frequently, several people per hour. So you have a lot more interaction, I think, working publicly. Spas may specialize in treatments like body wraps, scrubs, hot stones, and the like. And the therapist's job basically changes from hour to hour if they're working in, a, for instance, let's say a resort. But they may never see the same client twice. So right. there's a big difference between you know, the public and having a private practice. Now, with the private practice, I can imagine some people would have some um, trepidation about running a business or, or being in charge of sort of that side of things as opposed to just the, the skills associated with being a, a massage therapist. What would you offer up? Is it any suggestions or any help that people could get if they, they really were thinking in sort of that broader scope? Try to take a course in business if they can. And I'm not saying get an associate degree in business. It's just taking a typical business. They can go to their small business association. They've got tons of help there, brochures, pamphlets. They've even got people that will help to advise, set up a uh, business plan and uh, be able to work with the day-to-day activities that, you know, keeping your deposits, making sure that you're able to meet your expenses and, you know, working out all of the details of setting up that business plan mm-hmm. so that they can be successful. Right, that's very helpful advice for those out there because that does come up a lot whenever we talk about a profession that it may have that private side or you can uh, run your own business. People aren't worried about the job itself. They're always worried about that other side of it. Getting back into some of the, the therapy itself, what sort of differences arise when you're talking about maybe the different types of individuals? And I understand that each specific person is going to have, you know, it's going to be a little bit different. But do you notice any commonalities if it's a male versus a female or depending on the size of the individual? I mean, are, are there things that are pretty basic that you would say you have to think about when dealing with different individuals? Basically, for instance, like with men versus women, um, maintaining one's privacy during a session, that's extremely important. Mm-hmm. And trained therapists are, are really well-versed in draping. The schools do a great job at teaching this. It's also very important that the person specify their preference of a therapist, you know, whether they prefer a male or a female sure. you know, prior to sessions so that they're comfortable. You mentioned that the size of the individual. There's a couple of things. You know, the electric tables are available today, and that basically helps you to kind of gauge your biomechanics so that you can work appropriately to the girth of the individual. So mm-hmm. they've got tables now that are uh, handicapped accessible, which are, are wonderful things to have. They go six inches off the ground, and, um, you know, it ensures the safety of, of both your client and the therapist. I wanted to go back to something you mentioned there. You had said uh, knowing the, the preference of the type of massage therapist someone might want. And I'm just throwing this out there because a, a cousin of mine actually had looked into it a while ago, and uh, he was told that it's often difficult, more difficult for male massage therapists because of the stigma of women in general would rather have a woman than a man, and men kind of would rather have a woman than a man. Do you see that being accurate? Is that changing? Is that just kind of a fallacy that's out there? What's sort of your take? Well, I think that with good education and educating clients, you know, what type of work that you do it's extremely important. So, you know, a man may come in to an office and may not prefer to have another man work with him. But I think that if you're doing clinical work, it doesn't matter. It really Mm -hmm. doesn't. And I think that male and female therapists are so well trained at handling their clientele that it really isn't a problem. But I think that there's personal preference and that will always be that people have. But I think that our male therapists are extremely well trained and um, there, there really isn't a problem there. But as I said, personal choice, 
will always will always be. Right, right. And and I appreciate you, you know, being open and honest about that. And then, of course, we don't want to put out there that these things truly exist. So I'm glad that you sort of tried to, you know, make people understand that there are differences to maybe what you hear out there. And um, as you said, it, it's it's all a professional setting, and that's an important part of it. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, without a doubt. Now, a couple other um, areas specifically to the type of individuals you might have. Persons with disabilities, are there certain challenges that come along with that? Are there, are there different things you have to worry about or think about if, uh, if that's the case? Well, I think that if you're going to be working in a clinical practice, I would hope that uh, you'd consider, you know, and it depends on the, the uh, laws in the state, okay. that a ramp, you make sure that you're aware of the fact, you know, do you need a handicap, uh, make your building handicapped accessible? Now, many states do make it necessary that there are establishment laws that require that. So I, I would probably say for sure to make sure that there's some type of easy access to your office and making sure that there are like railings in, the, in for instance, your bathroom and making sure that they're able to get in and out of the bathroom. There's also the tables, as I had talked to you about a little earlier, where they do go down to six inches off of the ground. So there can be easy transport. I mean, we can put them up a foot high, transport from wheelchair over. So I think that the therapist Knowing if it's a clinical practice, most therapists are pretty well equipped in that type of establishment. Sure. And, you know, you have chiropractors, same thing, chiropractors, various types of facilities, even hospitals where massage therapists are employed. It's all just part of standard protocol. Right. And I don't want to put you on the spot too much here, but this actually came up really close here to before the show that uh, pregnant women, uh, we have a colleague here who is curious as far as how that might be affected. Is, th- is there any concern about giving a massage to them? Of course, you hear the the stories that if you're if you're uh, giving giving a massage in certain areas, it could actually create birth in in certain instances. Um, any thoughts on the idea of giving uh, a massages to to pregnant individuals? Well, you know, I always say that you know if you're going to be specializing in any particular type of treatment, then if somebody is coming into the practice, whether it be a spa or whether it be a clinical practice, it's always good to know in advance. And if the person is trained, if you are trained to work with pregnant women, then you need to say so. If you're not, you know, most therapists know. If they don't specialize in something, a good referral base is really the way to go with that. That's good to know. Good to know. Now, let's talk about a little bit of the skills involved. Uh, What would you say are essential if you're going to have a successful career as a massage therapist? Or also, not just the skills, but personality, work ethic, those type of things. Oh, okay. Well, I think that it's important that a student look for a school, first of all, that's recognized and approved in their state. Okay, that's the first step to, you know, being, you know, having a successful career. Most state licensed massage therapy. Most of the states are licensed today, and the schools conform to the details outlined in the state scope of practice. So prospective students interested in finding a school can look at the AMTA's website for a listing of our member schools in their state, which is at uh, www.amtamassage.org forward slash schools. Now, you, you mentioned about a personality and, and things like that. I think the very first thing is being friendly, able mm-hmm. to speak to people. You know, those are two attributes that are incredibly helpful. And uh, I think that clients uh, will need a therapist that's able to communicate with them about what type of treatment they are to receive and really have an understanding of what the client's needs are because there's really no two people that are alike. It's massage is a really physical job and keeping your strong, yourself strong and healthy, I think, is really important. That's definitely an aspect I think people uh, fail to realize. Now, is it true that I've never had a massage? I'll, I'll throw it out there. Is it true that in some cases, I mean you're climbing up on the table, you're moving around, you're bringing your leg up. I mean, does that, is that sort of, I mean, general practice that occurs? I mean, you talk about being a very physical position. Well, being physical means that, you know, you're using your arms, you're using your hands, you know, you're using, Mm -hmm. you know, your weight 
I think that biomechanics are the key to longevity. I mean, I've been in practice 24 years, and I think that if that hadn't been taught at the base, you know, the baseline training, I might not be here today practicing. So you're using sure. a lot of uh, of your upper body, and you are moving and you are bending, and uh, you know, the head tends to be in, in a position that you know you're you're always working using certain muscles. So you've got to keep yourself in shape. You have to. So would you point to that as being uh, an area that's uh, an extreme challenge of the profession or an area that maybe you dislike in some way? Or is there anything else you would point to just to give people the, the full idea that, hey, obviously you want to enjoy what you're doing, but with every job, there are challenges, there are spots that you might dislike. What would you point to? With respect to the things that are challenging, well, I think that Keeping in shape, I think it, I think massage therapy, when you're a massage therapist, it just becomes a way of life of just eating right and just taking care of yourself, making sure. sure you get enough rest and having enough fluids. I mean, that's really important. And I think most massage therapists realize that. I think that one of the biggest challenges of having a career as a massage therapist is that the clients usually seek appointments during the evenings and weekends. Okay. That's usually when they're finished working. Right. So depending upon the type of work that you do in a spa or in a private practice, there are times a year that are sometimes busier than others. It just depends. Uh, you could be in a resort area where skiing is, is really, you know, the resorts are filled, so you'll have tons of clients. And then in the summer, it may not be quite so busy in that area. So your income can fluctuate. So there's, um, there are challenges with respect to the profession. You know, again, like working in the evenings and weekends, staying physically fit, and um, just the income can fluctuate. And again, I think that's important to, to talk about all aspects. And um, hopefully people have that full scope to understand before they were to go into any career. Along those same lines with the, the challenging part of it, it's another question that came up actually from a colleague. In terms of risk for injury or um, maybe uh, concerns about skin of individual or any, any, any type of situation, you talk, talk about medical or physical, is that something that's always in the back of a massage therapist's mind? Is that something that there are precautions for? How do you handle those types of situations? Oh, yeah. Well, that comes down to baseline training uh, with respect to knowing how to identify things that you just don't, uh, you just don't touch that sure. are, are suspicious looking on a person's skin. And obviously, we have very good referral sources outside. I think that's great for a massage therapist when they get into the practices to find those referral bases and uh, making sure that they have the ability to refer out when they see something that they basically uh, look think is suspicious. And most are well-trained as to what they can and can't do mm-hmm. with respect to you know uh, working with, with people with certain injuries and various types of things like that. The risk for the injury personally, yes, the hands and wrists are always at risk. The neck is always at risk. Low back can be at risk, and it just depends. It just depends on, um, again, the care that the person takes of themselves. So making sure that they do proper stretching, knowing when to rest and, and take a break and just walk away from work for a little while, that's really important as well. Well, of course, we appreciate you giving us you know, a lot of the inside scoop here for people who might be curious, um, and we'll get into kind of the process of going to school and uh, you know applying for jobs, that sort of thing. But I did want to, before we move away from the day-to-day, I just wanted to ask you, what, what is it that you love the most about this job, this profession, to, to really give people an idea of what would be some of the benefits for them? Honestly, I love the people. Hmm. I love the diversity in my job. There are no people, again, uh, that are alike, and every hour of my job presents a new challenge. Every hour. So it, it's, it's the people, absolutely. Very well put with that. All right, so let's jump into uh, the idea of education. You, you touched on it briefly there. If you're looking at degrees, types of schools, is there a, a certain path you would suggest? Is it pretty basic? Uh, again, I know you touched on it a little bit br- uh, earlier, but if you could just 
fill us in a little bit on the specifics of what maybe, um, you know, length of time and what any details people would need when they're looking to get into school to become a massage therapist? I think that um, what type of degree, you know, is necessary. I, I think that most states, um, that they are licensed and there's minimum educational requirements. They do vary anywhere from 500 hours up to like 1,500 hours. Mm-hmm. And, and that may be changing into associate programs, you know, in the future, who knows. I think that uh, having a college degree is not necessary. Time with respect to being in school, a lot of these schools work with students that are working other jobs. So they might have, for instance, a, an evening program that includes several weekends. They might have something that you can go for a six-month stretch and go every day. And roughly, we, I'd say that a program would take six to 12 months okay. in order for you to finish a massage therapy program, depending upon the hours that are required for that particular state. And they do vary. Sure. Now, and this is a question that always comes up, obviously, as well, is the idea of applying for jobs, and especially when you're, you, know, you just got certified in a way or you have you know, a license to, to practice. What types of things should job seekers know in terms of really being able to find that position? Because in most cases, I would assume you're not going to come out of, of the situation and, and be able to start your own practice. So what, what would you say are some practical tips for job seekers out there? Well, I think if you first come out of school, the best thing you can do is to work for someone. Be part-time and, you know, be energetic and, and learn everything that you can. Some of these therapists are, are incredibly good. That's how they got there. And that's why they need help for you. They built their practice. They're very successful. If I were to be hiring someone, I would certainly hope that they have a solid educational background. Mm-hmm. And I'd also hope that they have some experience or some, some type of work history. I, I know that uh, you can, if you look at a job application, you see that a person stays at a job for, let's say, a year or less. It might give the employer the notion that they might not stay very long. I think that most massage therapists that are looking for help, they want someone who's going to pretty much, you know, roll their sleeves up and kind of commit to being with the practice and really, um, you know, take on that responsibility and help them to, to develop the practice and make it even more successful. So I would say that I look for someone who's eager to learn, is able to speak to people and, you know, who really wants to be part of a team. Now, how about the job interview itself? Is it kind of your traditional fair or, I mean, are you asked to uh, maybe try out your skills on the, on the person looking to hire you? How does that all work? Well, sometimes, depending upon the experience of the person, if it's someone coming right out of school, they'll probably do a little bit of sample work on someone. Okay. I'd say that if they're coming in and they are actually going through a job interview to be open to learning new things, it might be a clinical practice that they're interviewing for. So they really have to know going into it what they're, what they're interested in. Do they really want to work with clinical or do they really want to work with relaxation? And they like quiet sessions. They like working with hot stones. They work, you know, like deep muscle massage, that type of thing. Or, you know, do they really want to figure something out as to why someone has migraine headaches and hmm. be working in that type of uh, atmosphere? So many times the students come out, they come out of school and they're given tremendous skills, you know, hand skills. And they think they got it, but the field of massage therapy, honestly, it's so diverse that you never stop learning. And I can say that honestly for myself. I've been in practice 24 years, and, and, I'm, and I still am learning. I'd say that they need to be prompt. They need to be clean, good eye contact, obviously, during an interview. And I think most of all, be respectful of the interviewer. One of the most important things they can do even before going in there, they need to ask themselves, knowing, first of all, find every everything that they can out about the practice that they're going to be interviewing in. And they need to ask themselves the question, how do they think they fit into that establishment? Because that question will probably come up during an interview. How do they see themselves fitting into that current establishment? Sure. 
Oh, no, I think a, a great piece of advice there in talking about finding out what you really want to do and, and just your mention of all the different, you know, diverse areas you could go into. I think that, I think that sounds great. I think for anybody who's interested in, in having things change every now and again um, or having those options, I think that's really cool to hear. Now, another area we always have to ask about because, you know, high schoolers, college students are curious about this is uh, the financial side, compensation. What are you looking at? And I, I understand the range could be wide depending on, as you talked about, it could be a part-time thing. You could have your own practice. Can you give a little bit of a range that, that might give us an idea of what the you know, salary type would be or, or any factors that would help you increase that over time? Sure. Uh, well, the average across the nation, $65 per hour massage. That's okay. for private practice. Okay. For work as an independent contractor, the pay may vary you know, depending upon the area that you're in, but anywhere from let's say $25 to $45, depending upon the service. Employees are given sometimes $15 to $20 per hour, just from a, a standpoint um, of a number per year you know, with respect to salary. In 2013, the average annual income for all massage therapists, that's including all of your tips, was estimated to be around $21,871. Okay. So, but keep in mind that this includes a high percentage of massage therapists who work part-time. Right, right. So, yeah. Forty-four percent of massage therapists also earn income working in another profession. So, okay. Now, what can increase it over time? I'd say that probably repeat customers, hmm. and sometimes there are there are businesses that will give you a bonus for uh, if the customer keeps coming back. Obviously, tips, um, increased education that provides advanced techniques or options and services. So, if you're learning, for instance, advanced techniques that uh, you're getting into, maybe more the clinical side of things, that might bring in a higher pay for them. Yeah, those are just a couple of factors. Yeah, and, and of course, as as you as you mentioned as well, I mean, there are a lot of different factors that are going to determine what you're getting paid with that, as with any job. But we appreciate you trying to to give us some numbers. That's always nice to get that tangible idea. I did want to ask really quick, and this wasn't on our original uh, agenda here, but you brought up the idea of tips, and I know a lot of people are always sort of uneasy about what do I give? What do I give for a tip? What what is fair in your industry as far as a tip that someone would give to a massage therapist? Oh, probably fifteen percent. You know, 15%, it, it's not uncommon. And that's usually in um, 15 even 20%. Okay. In the field of the resorts, working in that type of uh, spa atmosphere, right. it's not unusual. Clinical practice tends to um, have no tips or, or just a, it's not really common in a clinical practice. But uh, yeah, it is in resorts. All right. Good to know. Good to know. Now, unfortunately, we are getting up against the clock here. So I did want to uh, give you sort of this last open-ended question of if you could talk to anybody about getting into this industry, what would be your final piece of advice for them? What would be your takeaway for them from talking about this position or this type of profession? Well, I can tell you that I've had a ton of personal satisfaction and growth by becoming a massage therapist. And that's in all honesty. I learned a long, long time ago that when you put your hands on someone, that you have a tremendous responsibility. And massage therapy, it's a, it's a wonderful career. It's a great career. And the joy of just knowing that you're part of enhancing a person's uh, wellness is amazing. Uh, my advice is get the best education that you can and be the very best at what you do. You can become a member of our association, the American Massage Therapy Association, and join thousands of therapists from across the country at our national convention every year. Being a member of AMTA has certainly enhanced my career and it's ensured my success, surely. All right, perfect. Uh, all our listeners out there, if you are interested, definitely check them out. And uh, I'm sure you can get a lot of nice insight there as well. With that, we will wrap up this edition of I Want to Be a Massage Therapist. Again, we've been speaking with Nancy Parambo. She is the president of the American Massage Therapy Association. Nancy, thanks again for giving us some insight into this world. Uh, we really do appreciate it. You're welcome, Tim. Thanks so much. 
And of course, if you have any comments or questions regarding any of our podcasts here on LJN Radio, just email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also find us at the LJN on Twitter. You can give us your thoughts there in 140 characters or less, of course. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody. <laughs>